Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Go out and buy that card for your loved one. Remember, society told you you had to do it. 877-337-6666. Manufactured holiday. I got you for three hours all the way to the warm-up show at 5 a.m. Rami Lobby on the other side. And we got you till then. 877-337-6666. Baseball's back. Spring training report. Everyone here on this Valentine's Day, everyone getting back in camp, getting the swing of things. We heard from the Mets. We'll get to it in a second. But we're going to start with the Knicks again as they have filed a protest, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, because we all know they were screwed. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm not, I'm not one to just cry and complain. And there's a million reasons, of course. You can go through the game. I heard Evan today. Oh, if the, if the coach wouldn't have called him, you know, if Tibbs wouldn't have only saved his replay for later in the game, they would have blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. That doesn't mean they weren't screwed. They were screwed. And they filed a protest. The two teams do not play again this year, so they'll have to figure it out if they win the protest. But... Obviously, Ed Malloy, right after the game, um, admitted it should not have been a foul. Then the two-minute report comes out, and they fully admit it shouldn't have been a foul. And so the Knicks are going to file a protest. I think it's going to cost them $10,000. It's happened, successful protests have happened six times in the history of the NBA. I believe the last one was in 2007. It's a long shot. I get that. But right now, it's absolutely, I mean, it's, when you first hear it, it seems like stupid and petty. But you know what? It's not. Because they got screwed and they desperately need these wins. And that's really where we focus on as we look at it. Just real quick on the Knicks and their situations. They'll play the Magic tonight. And I don't know who's going to be available to play. I don't even know who's going to be available to play. DiVincenzo is dealing with a sore hamstring. He left the game the other night. You've got Hartenstein who's still dealing with a sore Achilles. And right now, every freaking win is so important. And that's why last night felt the way it did. Or the other night now at this point. That's why it felt the way it did and why it was such a screw job for the Knicks. But as we look forward here and as we finally, because who needs the All-Star break more than the New York Knicks? My God. Get them to the All-Star break. They're walking wounded. But the question is, the Knicks are in a tricky spot. And as we hit the halfway point or, you know, the All-Star break or whatever it is, and you look at this team and where they are in the standings, and who they're chasing, and what the enthusiasm of what this Knicks season was about. I mean, it was just a few, it was a week ago. It was two weeks ago that you felt like the Knicks were ready to take on the world. 
We were talking about how great they are. We were talking about how they can battle with anyone. Oh, they're t- they're, they're they're third in the conference. They're they're you know especially with the in- possibility of the injury to Embiid. We weren't sure what it was at that point, but you knew he was missing some games. Like the idea is, hey, now they're better than Philadelphia. Now they're right there. Oh yeah, okay. The Cavaliers are hot, but man, the Knicks are as good as anyone. And how good is Brunson? And how good is Randall? And what Anobi has done to this? Uh, the trade has done to this team. And how dynamic they are. And DiVincenzo hitting all these threes. And Achua getting seven. Team rebounds off the bench, and it was just like, wow, this team could do anything if they could just bolster it a little bit, if they can get a bench piece, if they can do something at the deadline. And here they are, and they did something at the deadline. They got Bogdanovich, they got Burks, and they got some added depth to that point guard position, plus another shooter in, in, in Bogdanovich, who, and now that trade has not hit the, the ground running the way the Ananobi trade has hit the ground running. But still, like, here's the question, right? Here's the here's the question for the Knicks as we look at this 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 uh, All Star break and this one last game against Orlando and I don't even know what they're going to do with this game quite honestly and that's where the question lies because the question is what do you think of this team when healthy now it's a fine line because you got to get there right but the excitement about this team was being the second or third seed. And now does it come a point where you look at things and you say to yourself, well, geez, we're going to be missing Ananobi for a month. You're going to be missing Randall for more than that. You know, Brunson can't do this all on himself. Like he can't carry this team to the second or third seed. At what point do you say, okay, I can't run everybody else into the ground chasing every single win. And I understand that's blasphemy to many people. And I understand that you're going to talk about it. You go, what what are you talking about, Chris? Every win is important. Let's still get those second and third seeds. And that would be great ultimately. But you're seeing guys who, you know, have been in bench roles suddenly having to step up and play all these minutes and look, DiVincenzo's already out. Brunson's out with an ankle injury. He comes right back. He's playing the entire games. Like at some point, and I understand, and I get it, and I get why everybody loves Thibodeau, and I get why you know a lot of the fans who hate load management, myself, we all complain about it. We complain about load management. We complain about this nonsense of stars not playing on back-to-back nights, or you know, uh, all the oh, this is the only time LeBron James is going to Atlanta. How dare he do that to the Atlanta fans who come down to see him? And, and you know, the NBA is trying to legislate it for crying out loud. They're taking awards away. They're penalizing teams. So we get it, and that's what Tibbs did, and especially a couple of years ago during the pandemic when they had that great year. And they finished in the fourth seed and lost to Atlanta in the playoffs. But when Randall really emerged as an all-star type player and the Knicks had that great year and it was pretty much done basically on Randall and Tibbs back and the idea that they were the only team playing, you know, Randall every minute of every game. And they were the one team that went against it and went against load manager and fought and clawed. And that's what the, the, the dynamic and the culture of this team is right now. Fight, defense, especially since the Ananobi trade. Claw for every inch, like Tibbs' style, play all the time, run the game through Brunson and Randall. Like, that's who they are, and that's what we love about them, and that's what we bought into, and that's the idea of how they could be dangerous come playoff time and making a second or third seed. But now, how much do you have to reassess what this team is in the short term and how you go about handling it? Because ultimately, this team 
is not going to win as presently constituted. We know that. And so if you go out there, and I know you have to make the playoffs, but I would still feel pretty confident, although they're on a three-game losing streak, and that's where the tricky situation comes into. Like, yeah, they're on a three-game losing streak, and you're worried about how this team can how this team can function on nights where maybe DiVincenzo isn't shooting the lights out. Or, you know, Burks and, and uh, Bogdanovich haven't fit in just yet and where this team is, but I'll tell you where the team is if DiVincenzo gets run into the ground and can't go. And I love all the people, and I love, I mean, I get it, well, the defenders of Tibbs on this, and the minute, you know, they're out there, how could you talk about this? I saw, you know, Frank Isola now putting out the, the minutes that the, the, uh, the Boston Celtics stars played. Here's the point, though. If you believe that this team is a championship contender when healthy, if you believe that this team is good enough to possibly make it to an NBA Finals, an Eastern Conference Finals, if you think they are good enough, that Brunson and Randall are enough superstars when you have Ananobi and you have DiVincenzo and you have these pieces ready to go, you're going to need all of those pieces to be ready come playoff time. And for me, that is far more important than what seed they get. If they have to play the Celtics earlier in the playoffs, they were going to have to get through Boston anyway. Yes, if everyone was healthy, it'd be nice to chase the two seed, the three seed, and feel like you can really make an impact in this playoffs with a couple of you know early rounds against lesser teams. But they're the walking wounded. They've got nothing but, but Brunson. And you can't run him into the ground trying to win every single game the rest of the way. And you can't have DiVincenzo playing through a, 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 a banged-up uh, you know, um, hamstring trying to win every single game. Like, you still have to. They have a bench there. You know, Tibbs has refused to play these guys. And it's not necessarily about Tibbs' style and his history and going back to Chicago and the way he played. Like, forget all of that. Look at the team now. And here's the question. If you believe when, when fully healthy they are a championship team, then you have to manage the rest of these games as making sure the pieces you'll need to make that run are not spent at the end trying to hold on to being mid-pack. If they are the sixth seed, if they're the, you know, whatever it is, if you believe you're a championship contender once guys come back, then you can't be out there running guys into the ground. And make no mistake about it, a lot of these injuries, like DiVincenzo is not used to playing this many minutes. Do they need him to go win every single game? Yes, they do. Do you want to make sure you don't lose four or five in a row? Of course. There are times to push and times to pull back. And it's not every single game and every single second. And as you go down the stretch of the season, and now finally they get this break, hopefully DiVincenzo's uh, hamstring can rest up, and hopefully Hartenstein's Achilles heel can rest up. And hopefully Burke and uh, Burks and Bogdanovich can work with the coaching staff, work with the team, get into a little rhythm and feel better about things. Now, they're a little bit more used to the minutes than most bench role players because they were playing big-time minutes, or at least Bogdanovich certainly was, with the Pistons and a last-place team with no talent on it that could barely win a freaking game. So they're used to a little bit of the minutes. But the point is, is you need these guys. And I understand the point is to win the games. I get it. I want to win every game. And I understand the mentality of this Nick team and what made them special. 
This isn't the Knicks. This isn't the special Knicks. This is a depleted, walking, wounded team. And you are going to be relying on guys who are now dealing with injuries as well as the guys who are out. You are going to be relying on these guys to be fresh come the time when it's time to make that run. And it's time to flip the switch. And you'll have Randall back. And you'll have Ananobi back. And you'll have a team that we all thought that two weeks ago was good enough to compete for a championship. Many of us Nick fans felt that way, whether they got the superstar or not. And if you feel like they're good enough, if this is just about winning as many games and having a nice season and giving the Nick fans a tip of the cap and say, hey, we're a lunch pail team, we're a really good, hard fight fighting, fighting team, and hey, we made the playoffs yet again, and now we're on a run here, and we should be sustained success for a long time. If that's it, then that's it. Then go out and run, run DiVincenzo into the ground, run Hartenstein into the ground, win as many games as possible, then that's all it's about. It's about playing hard-fought, tough basketball, and that's who the Knicks are. Play, then do that. Then do that. But if this is about honestly being a championship contender, if this is about being ready when the lights are bright, and this is about being ready when come time to play these long, hard playoff series that you expect to compete in against anyone, against Milwaukee, who just got blown out by Miami, against Philadelphia, who who knows when Embiid's coming back, and even against Boston. If you expect to be in those series, and you expect to fight hard in those series, and you expect those to be seven-game series, and you expect to have a chance to win, then in the meantime to get there, you can't run every other single secondary piece into the ground chasing every single win. And if you look at the minutes and you look at Brunson coming off the off this injury, he hasn't, he hasn't got a set. He's went right back in to play in the same amount of minutes. DiVincenzo's minutes have bumped up, and you're seeing guys get hurt. And I understand the twisted ankle from, from Brunson can happen at any point, but you can't tell me at some level, you know, missteps happen when you're exhausted. And hamstring injuries are because of exhaustion and because of overworkness and probably the same thing with Achilles. And if you're going to push these guys through these injuries to try and win every single game you can... If you lose DiVincenzo for a long period of time, if that hamstring tears, if you're dealing with a major injury, where are you? He's too important to mess with. And so for me, as they take a step back, I, we'll, we'll see what happens tonight against Orlando. I'd be surprised if DiVincenzo plays. Honestly, I might even give Brunson the night off heading into I I might just punt on the game. And I know that sounds... You know, oh, my, what do you mean punt on the game, Chris? You're screaming at the Mets for punting on the season. Yeah, seasons are different than games. I don't view the Knicks as a team that can't afford to lose one game. I don't view the Knicks as a team where if they can't beat Orlando heading into the break, who are they? Who are they? They are a team I expect to compete for an Eastern Conference Finals once healthy and running Brunson into the ground trying to win every single game off an emotional night against Houston, off of an uh, ankle injury, off DiVincenzo getting hurt, having you know Brunson and nobody's out there trying everything I can to beat Orlando so to say I didn't lose three straight games to Orlando doesn't seem like the best way to go about building the team for come playoff time. And so as they fight for the Houston win, which they absolutely should, 
I have no problem filing the, the grievance. You should try. They came out within 20 minutes of the game and said we were wrong. The two-minute report came out and said they were wrong. Take a chance, see what happens, and replay that freaking overtime and go get a victory against Houston. But as you start to set upon the rest of this season and the next month or so, when you are short everybody and you're dealing with your secondary pieces, who right now are your main pieces, you're dealing with them with injuries, Tibbs has got to realize he has to pull on the reins and he has to slow down the amount of minutes all these guys are getting. And it's uncomfortable, and it sucks, and I hate to be the minute police, and I know everybody thinks that's how the Knicks play, and that's how Tibbs coaches, and that's how they got here. But once they got to the point where you feel the roster is a championship roster, I pull on the reins, and it's not so much about what seed I get because I feel I'm good enough where I don't have to be some sort of special seed to have a chance. If you're the kind of team that you feel can go out and beat Philly, can go out and beat Milwaukee, at least compete against Milwaukee and Boston, then you know what? If you catch them in the first round, if you catch them, whenever you catch them, you're going to be willing to go out there and try and beat them. And you don't need to give me series to get later into the to the postseason. Go out there. Make sure your guys are healthy come playoff time and be the Nick championship team that we all hoped you could be. 877-337-6666. We'll open with the Knicks and their situation and the injuries they're going through. We'll get to baseball. And for me, it's interesting as we report, uh, as both teams report for spring training, the Yankees today, some of the Mets were down there yesterday. We heard from the manager of the Mets. The day before, we heard from the GM and all his, as I like to put it, horse manure and verbal garbage. I think that was the quote that was out there. Might have been a bit strong, but I said it, so I'm sticking with it. But for me, as we head down there, and we start spring training, there's two baseball stories to talk about. One, the issue Major League Baseball has, and the lack of juice surrounding the beginning of spring training because I, I'm sorry, pitchers and catchers, I heard Gio today. I was, I was in the car. Opening day means something. Pitchers and catchers is pointless. Oh, I don't agree. Pitchers and catchers is be two beautiful words, in my opinion, yet there's no buzz around it. They need to fix the offseason, and we'll get to it. And then the other one here locally is these two teams hit spring training and report for camp, and pitchers and catchers, those two sexy words, in completely different spots. And the feeling around the teams are completely different, and the urgency on this season is completely different. We'll get to it. Over the course of the next two and a half hours, 877-337-6666, plus Valentine's Day is a joke. And because Keith brought it up, maybe I'll remind you of the story about how I started to work at the fan because it's a good one. It's a good one, and it involves the Super Bowl site, which is fun. I probably should have done it during Super Bowl week. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. Nick fans, you're on deck. How do you think they should? Are you one of these Tibbs defender to the end are you one of the the, the the people who call me the minute police? I saw Malusis put that out, the minute police. I'm, I'm a champ. I want to win. I don't want to win on a random Tuesday night against, you know, Orlando. I want to win. And they're going to have to be at full strength to do so. And you can't run them into the ground when the rest of the big-time pieces are all missing. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you till 5 right here on The Fan. We'll come back with your phone calls next. 